everybody. Welcome to Rome is Home with Joe and Viva. Hi, Joe. Viva. How are you doing? Good. So, you might hear a little bit of noise in the background. I don't, I don't know if you can, but we just wrapped up a, a crazy baby shower at your parents' house. Lots of people. Extravagant. Even more food. I just couldn't believe the amount of food that we had and that was left after. And somehow it falls to me to manage the leftovers. So, I don't know. That's going to be an it's, interesting week. It's your little part, right? I, mean, I, I, I really enjoyed doing it, but I didn't expect to be so much food. Uh, I have to really make sure no one, nothing goes to waste. I have to pack up everything, put it away. It's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be very uh, a very delicious week. I mean, there's leftover lasagna and tons and tons of dip and blah, blah, blah. Tons and tons of dessert and... I said des- d- desert. I don't know how. No, I, no, you said, you said it right. You dessert. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was confused those two. You're good. And uh, cupcakes and I, I don't know. There's a lot of food, so uh, that's gonna be a a fun week. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. This is these um these like I don't know if it's. I'm sure every family does this. I don't think it's um. No. Maybe your family. My family doesn't do that. No, no, it's true. Your family is very like they, it's different. Yeah, for us it's. And I'm not like that. What's I don't really take on that, and I think this is where we kind of are in sync. Yes. In terms of just, again, we so it was a baby shower, but like a baby shower ends up being this most extravagant, very stressful event. We were we were four yeah. four four ladies, four of us working on it. Uh, two of Joe's sister and two sisters-in-law. Yeah. For 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 like the last couple of weeks and even longer, we're just thinking about ideas and brainstorming. And then for the last week or so, we were, well, especially the other ladies, they were buying a lot of stuff and decorations and lots of cooking. Mostly your sister, um, lots of lots of shopping and there's lots lots to do. And I'm I'm surprised for one baby shower for a family member, it turned out to be this big affair. Although. To be honest, it was. I think it was quite a success. People yeah, had was, fun. I mean, there was lots of delicious food. People mm-hmm. mingled, and and your sister was really happy in the end, which was the goal. Yeah. So I guess we. Yeah. I mean, you. You. Yeah. We cater to whoever. But I remember even like our so the baptism of our first daughter Teresa. I think we wanted to keep that pretty low. Key. That was the intention. It was, you know, just to kind of, because uh, your family was visiting yes, for the baptism to, to Brampton. Just my, my immediate family, my yeah. parents and my siblings. So we were thinking, yeah, it'll be simple. They can come over to my folks' place. We have a little small thing. So we ended up, I mean, that's what we initially planned. We ended up renting a hall. Inviting we, we a lot ca- of people. We ca- got catering. <laughs> yes. I was, uh, I kind of bit the bullet on that one. It's kind of, you know, it, it is what it is. I was just, it's just, this is not us. It's we, At first, at first I was... I was mad because I felt like we were pressured into doing this. And I got mad because I'm like, this is our daughter's baptism. Like, what are you? You don't you have no say whatsoever. But eventually, you know, after knowing your family a lot and knowing about different families of origin and and whatnot, I think it's important to make sure families are happy. And well, I, I think I think it's more. It's more about celebrating these things. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's very different, you know, North American culture versus, you know, sort of the rest of the world, right? We're here. E- even you guys in Quebec, like weddings, you guys are done by 10 p.m. Probably. Okay, that's not everybody. That's probably all of Quebec. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that sweeping statement is valid. Nice. Not everybody, but yeah, generally they're not as crazy as Polish weddings. That is 
our first I, six segments. I wouldn't say crazy. We just love to celebrate. <laughs> you know, so it's let's not let's not bring back the eternal argument. <laughs> One of the biggest fights that we had, and I mean, it wasn't even on. that big of a deal. It was very early on, yeah. and to this day, we still don't agree on it. Oh well, we try I, not to. We, we try to avoid the subject. Let's let's be clear. I've moved on, but you always seem to. I've moved on too. As a I good wife, just, you always bring it back. I think we, <laughs> yes, I enjoy that. But I think we've just agreed to disagree eventually. It was about the um, alcohol at our wedding. So yeah. for me, I didn't want open bar to begin with. But then I was like, okay, let's have three hours of open bar. And you wanted seven hours of open bar. And I was totally against that i don't like over drinking i don't like encouraging people to over drink it was really expensive and then i didn't think it was necessary because they had free wine at dinner and then three hours during the night and then you close up bar eventually and then people are just Mm. living off the fumes of the the last drink that they had anyways that was my thought and uh it was so funny that you you called me that one time and like all right so i spoke to my brother and we decided that we wanted seven hours. And I'm like, well, I guess you're getting married to me and not your brother. Yeah. Uh, but it's, oh, it's, goodness. Uh, that, was a, that was fun times. But I, anyways, I, 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 think, I, I think I agreed that I, I was mostly wrong in not wanting to give you a little bit uh, what you wanted in that wedding. Well, I don't think, I, I, I don't think you really understood, really. I think this is yeah. the, the Polish, and I'm sure many cultures are like that. It's kind of this hospitality to this very extreme like I, I my whole thing is yeah i'm not there to make people drink a lot more but at the same time too i want them to have a good time you know i don't want them having to kind of you know we, i mean we can even look at the wedding of cana right you know mary looking out for to make sure there was wine left over like you know it's it's just Do you about, have to bring the bible into this yes, really well, really I, I think <laughs> taking mary to your side taking mary and christ to my side and he <laughs> performed the miracle as we know ah <laughs> but was it for seven hours we don't know the details because yeah. i was okay with three <laughs> yeah but i mean it's okay for three if people leave at 10 but you know typically polish people we'd like to stay longer have a good time and you know that's it's a big celebration you only get married once right so it's i mean this is something it, now i understand for yeah. sure but i still don't i still don't agree with that it was necessary to have this full seven i mean hours, not, but... nothing's necessary probably ever but there's a certain <laughs> point where it's like we want to be good hosts, right? And and I arguably, you know, God's going to be the greatest host ever. And you know, as we read the scripture, you know, he treats all the people in heaven lavishly. But I want to treat lavishly. I just don't think it's necessary with alcohol. Now, yeah. Now, now again, if, if it was kind of like, okay, we're going to over, like the whole thing is just a binge, which we don't. It's just, hey, if you want to have a drink at 11 and continue dancing... It's available to you. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, but it, you, you yeah. know, you know my relationship with alcohol. I, I, I yeah. think once maybe you were having a lot of fun and I, I, I bonfire with your friends, and I think you drank just a little bit too much, just a little bit, and it was once, and I got so mad, like unreasonably mad. I just don't know why it has that effect on me. I just don't like over drinking, oh, so I, I think it just all mixed into that. Wow, we went on a tangent. I did not expect that. Well, we're, <laughs> we're just, talking about the baby shower. This all ties in. So it, all, it all ties in. It all that's ties right. in. Now kind of coming back, all these little details. That's just not us. I find these things and, you know, you know, God bless my sister for taking on probably the lead role. But again, you just hear... With two the, kids. You, I can't believe it. But you just hear the, the, the tiredness, especially with two kids. And, you know, they came back from a, a long trip 
they're jet lagged probably they're not sleeping well and she's you know f- classic you know maca just full steam bore running on fumes getting it done you know so that's and i was trying i kept on asking can i help can i do something and i did a little thing like a few things here and there but i just i i i couldn't even just physically i'm so tired and i'm so busy with the girls i i i don't understand how she could do it that that oof, I was so impressed with her. She's my hero. Yeah, heroine, 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 yes. or hero. I'm not sure if that. I don't know. I don't know English. You know English. Supposedly, <laughs> supposedly. So tiring day, tiring, tiring week, w- couple weeks. Yeah, Monica's been. Um, she's been a little bit on the fritz at night. Again, teething. Something's up. She's just not in her good old stable routine that we had sort of in the beginning which we've kind of chatted about several times so it's it's still ongoing we're we're kind of both of us are kind of running on fumes a little bit she's um, so tired she wakes up she wakes up every hour sometimes and last night she was up every couple of hours and then at four she decided to wake up every 15 minutes and that was so miserable and she doesn't like to co-sleep so i can't just bring her into bed and just fall asleep as I'm nursing her. She doesn't like that. She moves and complains until I actually bring her back to her crib. And she falls asleep and sleeps for 15 minutes. And then she's up again. So that's yeah. pretty miserable. Teresa, thankfully, sleeps through it all. But then during the day, she's quite a challenge. And she's always been. You know, My, well, father, my father said she, when we were over during the, the holidays that I've never seen a kid who was pushing limits as much as she, did, she does. She's just... Touching everything, she's not listening, and that's a struggle for me. I I don't know how to be the best parent for Teresa. She's a really smart kid. I love her to pieces, but I I don't know. I don't. I, and it, and that's the thing with you. It's funny you, as you talk about this, you get so wound up about not knowing things for some reason. For me, it's kind of like, well, we'll figure it out. Like she's, yes, I she's, know, she's, but she's. she's I, I mean. Kids are going to be different. Monica's a, a, a different challenge altogether. Like, I mean, these are these things where even even her current situation, we don't know. But it's kind of one of these things where you just got to slug through and just get her done. And My challenge with Teresa is that... So, my initial thought right here... And she's only two years old, so it could I could very well be wrong. But I think that she may be a melancholic choleric like you. So, she has that introvertedness. She... She holds on to things. She takes things very deeply and seriously. But she has that, that drive and that, I don't know. So I think she has your temperament. And knowing that, or at least uh, thinking that's the case, well, I don't want to be constantly... Uh, I, I don't want to be punishing her for, for crying or for being upset because I know that melancholics are upset quite a bit and I don't want her to think that it's wrong to feel things. I don't. I don't know how to tie in with teaching her boundaries and and I, I think and then, and also one one last thought. I realized that the only way she's she's going to listen to me is if I scream at her. And I just don't feel like a good Christian mother when I do that. I don't feel at my. I, I, it's the best I could do, but it's the only way I get her to listen to me. And I don't like it because it, it feels it feels like my conscience is not happy with it. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, sure. I, I feel like it's sinful reaction because I feel like it comes out in anger. And 
I just don't know how to tie it all together. And it drives me crazy because I want her to learn and I want to be a good parent and I want her to be... But again, you, you know, it's... I don't know. Uh, to me, when I look at this kind of from my perspective, you... I don't know. Like, no parent, I think, can do these things perfectly. I'm sure parents who might be listening to us, they're kind of like, yeah, we understand 100%. And I think that's going to be every kid. I mean, we're going to... Temperaments aside, because this isn't like a perfect science. Like you got to treat, yeah, yeah, treat kid A because they smile at you in the morning means that they're this. It doesn't matter. It really kind of falls to the to the wayside a little bit. I think a lot of that stuff will kind of pick up later on. But I mean, in the beginning, it's really, I mean, until she can really communicate to us, like what's going on. I think we've done a pretty great job in my mind. But I think it's, I think it's all. To be fair, to be fair, I think I'm maybe making problems bigger than they are because. That, just, that's, just that's the slight. That's the slight melancholic in you. Probably. Just take this, but it, that's your particular little thing, <laughs> like that you make gigantic. I, I have. Know. I have to. I have to look at the good today. Your sister said, "I can't believe how well she listens to you," and I was like, "What, really?" But apparently, she noticed that Teresa does kind of listen to me. So I think with her, she's going to listen to me if I tell her not to do something. But then when I'm not looking, she's going to go back and do it. So that's the sneaky in her that's driving me crazy. But yeah. she will listen to me. So. Yeah, we're going to take a break quick soon. Rome, where are we at with that? We've gotten... Right now, for folks who are kind of tying in, we're getting all our documents translated. It's in the process. We're translating birth certificates, marriage certificates. Uh, that's rolling. So... Yeah, it's, it's... It's it's pretty good. Everything is in the works. I think we just need your our tax codes. Apply for those. And I think, I think I, we should be good. And We'll have to work out a date. We've been looking at... Maybe we'll share that kind of later on, but... Right now, so far, beginning of September, maybe. So, right. till we book the flight, we'll kind of see where that lands. But uh, Ooh, no, it's that, getting real, y'all. That might happen even this week. So, we'll keep you posted on on that. So, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back to Roma's home. Now listen to the melody. Maybe it come from me. I think it's plain to see Some people say that the great Hey everybody, welcome back. We wanted to share with you a little devotion that not devotion. No, a little like practice that we have. Spiritual action. Spiritual practice. Um I I was reading Saint John the twenty third and as some of What's you know name of the book the book Story of uh, Journal of a Soul. I still haven't finished it actually, I have to buy it. I was lending it from our, our old church in Tilsonburg, but I had to give it back. It's a big book. It's a big book, and I was reading it slowly because it was so full of... Every time I was reading it, and Joe can attest to it, I was snapping my head up, and I, I had to share something that was making me so excited because I could relate to him so much, and I felt he was such a good example for me. I really have to finish this book. Yeah, so, I mean, quick pause there. I think for... I think some if people if you're kind of looking into diving into kind of like spiritual reading and stuff like that, maybe you've been kind of like, well, you know, I read I don't really read the works of saints or you know you know I don't necessarily want to read this book. Um, really take a look if you can find either an autobiography or some letters written by a, a saint. In this case, I guess this was a this was his journal, yes. basically his spiritual journal. Let's yes. say and he made all his notes. That is that is really good material because I, I feel like, yeah, you can read, I love reading all sorts of things. You can read 
you know, St. Augustine, City of God, you can read all these, you know, the, the Summa Theologica, all these things from Aquinas and stuff, but and the, at times it, it doesn't give you a sense of who this person is. You right. can you can appreciate like, okay, yes, this person is clearly, they have some kind of intellectual understanding of all these things, fantastic, very pious. But sometimes you need a little bit more, like, because at a certain point that can make them almost unrelatable. So what I've really enjoyed... Uh, is reading letters you kind of hear you hear the humanity it's because then it, then it's something yes. you can relate to it's kind of like you read i've been reading i've been really enjoying reading letters and saint jerome writing letters to and you know from augustine and they've been kind of going back and forth as sort of like pen pals very interesting like it's saint jerome kind of even kind of being a little snarky with saint augustine because he didn't understand the con like there was just it was awesome to see but it's kind of like they were human and if that means that the the goal we're seeking, kind of this this holiness, this sanctity, it's it's possible. It's not necessarily this impossible. And I think you got that a lot in Journal of a Journal of a Soul. Journal of a Soul. Like, yeah, it's, it was speaking it's, to me so much, and I felt I felt like our spirituality was very similar. Although he was way better than me, uh, but it, it's it was it was very encouraging for me. And one thing that he was one thing that was really big for him is every night or every other night he would write in his journal an examine of his day and resolution for the following day. And that was a big thing for him. Starting every day is a new day. You screwed up, it's fine. Say sorry and then start again tomorrow. And he he, he was messing up all the time. Still, no, no, not silly stuff, of course, but, you know, he was distracted during prayer. or And he said, okay, I, I won't be distracted tomorrow. And he was distracted again. So he kept on messing up. But this daily examine was really helping me, helping him keep track of what he was doing and keep track of his resolutions. And eventually he, he got better at it. So I felt this really intense call of doing the same thing for myself. Because every time I go to confession, and we try to go once a month, yeah, although least. we've been kind of... Sp- not slacking, but with the, the craziness. But anyways, um, I, I, when I look back at my sins and I do an examine of conscience before confession, I can't remember my sins. So I thought it would be very important for me to do it every day, write it down, keep track of it, write a resolution for the following day. And But I, I couldn't implement it. I ha- I'm the worst at this. I can't, I can't act. So I asked Joe to help me. And please tell our audience what you bought me. Yeah, so, I mean, that's something that I, last year, I sort of, one thing that I recommend, um, get, just like this saying, grab yourself a book and start, like, a, a daily calendar for the year, and start drawing these things down. And we, we simplified it, and this is a very tiny little book, like, it's, what, three inches by two inches, tiny little thing for the year 2019, Um but you basically write down, do an examine, you know, really simplified look through the day, where have you fallen, you know, in, in light of the teachings of the church. Uh, something you're thankful for. Again, that's very important to really, really think. And, and that's always, I, I found that to be a great spiritual exercise because the day can be so crummy, but you don't realize like, well, yeah, I may have felt like the girls were kind of crazy, but we have food, we have shelter, Thank you, Lord, for these things right. because we could be on the street and suffering and way worse. So that's always good. And also kind of, again, resolution, something for the next day. Yes. Very simple, very practical, I find. And I think what I learned last year doing it for myself, excellent for confession. Like I 
I don't know whether it's becoming a parent or whatever it is. I just I seem to have like very poor like memory in terms of remembering things like even a few days. So let alone coming to, you know, confession once a month, you try and recall, geez, what did I do yesterday? And you're trying to do a good confession. It doesn't work like that. Like I, I found this was very simple, very good. Like it's no one's ever really kind of suggested that like as a very good spiritual, simple thing. But if you're having kind of, you know, you want to have better confessions, you want to have better examines, you want to be very kind of intentional, but at the same time, you don't want it to be like this overwhelming activity, you know, you know, an hour long. This is, you can be done in five, 10 minutes and yes. uh, away you go. You're in your, you know, you're more thankful. You're more, you're more conscious of your little sins and your, your stumblings and you have firm goals. And I feel like we're not really taught well how to make good confessions. I didn't know that we had to be so thorough and we have to list every sin. We have to say how many times we, we've oh, yeah. done it. And before, like, up to very lately, I was just saying general things. So I tend to be, and I tend to do this. Well, no, you can't be, well, I mean, I'm sure it was still valid, but it's not the best way to do it. So, yeah. so keeping track of everything is... Uh, it's a way to make it way easier and, and help help us grow, at yeah. least. And I think that's going to be, uh, for a lot of people listening, maybe that that is a struggle even at, I mean, let, let's be honest, like, depending on what church you go to, you can say whatever sins you want. There's, but you know, arguably, maybe the priest doesn't even think that's a sin or there's no further discussion based on that. Some might believe there is no sin, whatever that means, but... Uh, but that that's not how we want to live as Catholics. We don't want to kind of make it easy for ourselves. Well, if the priest is not going to call us out, well, we're not going to be over-scrupulous in a sense. I don't think we we want to be like, you know, this we're being oh, no. over-scrupulous. I think we just want to do the right thing. You know, we're not trying to... We want to be thorough. We want to be thorough, right? And that's exactly... Even what you mentioned about even like the number of times. Yeah. I only... Like I read I read that through just, you know, St. Alphonse Liguori. I think he wrote a lot of moral theology and just that really kind of came out like, oh, I'm like that's shocking. Like because it's for some... It might be obvious to people. Again, maybe you're upgrading, you know, you, you were blessed with that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just something I never took in. Me neither. You know, so it's... But it makes sense. Like it's kind of, um, it's really, it's really holding yourself accountable for these things. So, my my very first confession, actually, before my first communion, I now that I think about it, it was so wrong. Um, they didn't really prepare us properly, so they say, "Oh, write on a piece of paper your sins or your sin or something." I don't remember. So I wrote down one thing that I stole candy from my sister. I probably did so much more than this, but. I went to the confessional and it was an open confessional. So I was facing the priest and I just slid the paper to him and he he read it and then he gave me absolution. But I never said it out loud. So I don't even know if it's a valid confession. I don't know the rules. Maybe it is. Maybe. But uh, I mean, but that's nothing was I wasn't prepared properly because I for sure it wasn't my only sin. And for sure, it's way better to say it out loud. Yeah. So I don't know. Something to think about for our kids and prepare them properly yeah and again that's the i mean people it's interesting to think like i I, it's it's really important to kind of hold yourself accountable in some ways and it's good that we you know we have maybe saints or others who can kind of really make us reflect on these things i i often reflect you know for example with protestants and others who kind of will say well you don't need to go to a priest to kind of you know absolve yourself of your sins or something but if you think about it in some ways 
if you had someone kind of on the other end who could really kind of and again I've I've heard I've heard people who have um, like Opus Day priests apparently they're 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 really solid but just any sort of priest who's kind of willing to challenge you you know oh, they're chal- annoyingly good annoying like challenge your <laughs> kind of your your like you know hey I committed this sin you know but just you know but they maybe how many times that's you think about that benefit yeah. really because they like a good like a good doctor is really trying to draw out the poison because you might be just saying, yeah, you know, the surface is good. Got this little, you know, this little wound here. Well, well, how deep does that go? And this is, this is unfortunate. I think maybe they can, you know, their, their basic, you know, confession and you say it anywhere doesn't do them really much service. But unfortunately as Catholics, we're, we're also in that position too right now in a sense, because it's, it's very hard to kind of find that good holy priest who wants to really uproot these things. Yes. And uh, we kind of do that with each other, I guess. I think that's good spouses, kind of like really, Viva will challenge me, and kind of like, well, you know, you're not being really sensitive here, or maybe more so than you think you are, and I might challenge Viva another way. So it's kind of like, okay, well, we're, we're sanctifying each other in a yes. sense that way. But I think we and many others kind of yearn for that leadership not only within our within our relationship but from a very holy priest or spiritual director who's yes. so until that happens you know we're gonna we're gonna look to these saints kind of imitate what they do and just just learn i mean we're just we're trying to do our best and i think the lord sees that and we pray that that's you know that's good for him but you know we're not content with the the status quo right we're not gonna right. just because a priest says this is not a big deal or it's not a sin um you know when it when it rightly is so because at the same time if you're over scrupulous you might think the smallest thing is a, a big deal and it might not right. be and that's that's an issue but I think we're being our judgment is pretty balanced we're not and a spiritual director would be able to make the difference between scrupulosity and and toughness and you know tough love um, we had a good spiritual director yeah but we lost him well he was moved by his bishop so I guess it was God's providence in some way. Sister Faustina, for example, I, I remember reading a little bit from her diary, um, kind of God speaking to her, and just the it's something you really have to pray for. Like this is a great gift and grace from God to be able to have someone who can really help you see these things that are hidden from you. Right? I mean, yeah. it's um, something. So I mean, I, for those folks who might, you know, maybe you have one, fantastic. I mean, keep you know. <laughs> The sad part is, and I, I remember uh, talking to um, to a priest. Well, it kind of someone kind of mentioned to me about uh, you know there's a priest who was interested in doing spiritual direction. He was an associate pastor at a parish that I knew, and um, basically you know his interest was very much around spiritual direction. He loved doing that. He loved spending time with with people, you know, giving guidance, etc. Okay, very good, worthy task to do. Um, but the pastor kind of, you know, saw that that was taking up a lot of his time, his appointments, you know, throughout the day, kind of meeting for people for spiritual direction. And what he told the person that was told to me, to the associate, was that you know, at this parish, we don't do spiritual direction. It's kind of like, oh. wow. It's oh. kind of like. Is that a good pastoral approach? Because that's the whole point of being a pastor. That's, you know, ah, with the sheep and, you know. There, oh. there you go. So is it. It's a tough. Oh, it's. Well, it's. Yeah. Is it makes it, me so sad to hear this because it's so needed. It is needed. So, I mean, you know, pray, pray for it. Pray for priests that they can become more like that. And again, 
while you're kind of journeying through, journeying through this on yourself, you can do some things. You know, we, we threw some tips in there about how you can make this part of your life. Keep praying for it, you know, because the idea is here we want to be good, holy, and pure in the sight of the Lord. That's the whole thing, you know. So that's what we constantly pray for. That's what we constantly work for. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to us once again. Please like our Facebook page. I'm going to start posting a few more things, uh, maybe pictures and links to articles. So you don't want to miss that. Like our page, uh, facebook.com slash Romy's Home Podcast. Uh, please listen to us again next week. And bye. God bless. Take care. Yeah.